Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And blessed be God's kingdom, now and forever. Amen. There is one body and one spirit. There is one hope in God's call to us. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Grant us, O Lord, to trust in you with all our hearts. For as you always resist the proud who confide in their own strength, so you never forsake those who make their boast of your mercy. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from the book of Proverbs. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, and favor is better than silver or gold. The rich and the poor have this in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. Whoever sows injustice will reap calamity, and the rod of anger will fail. Those who are generous are blessed, for they share their bread with the poor. Do not rob the poor because they are poor, or crush the afflicted at the gate. For the Lord pleads their cause and despoils of life those who despoiled them. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. reading from the letter of James. My brothers and sisters, 
Do you, with your acts of favoritism, really believe in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ? For if a person with gold rings and in fine clothes comes into your assembly, and if a poor person in dirty clothes also comes in, and if you take notice of one wearing the fine clothes and say, Here, take a seat, please. While the one who is poor, you say, Stand there or sit at my feet. Have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers and sisters, has not God chosen the poor in the world to be rich in faith and to be heirs of the kingdom that he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor. Is it not the rich who oppress you? Is it not they who drag you into court? Is it not they who blaspheme the excellent name that was invoked over you? You do well if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law of trans- as transgressors. For who- whomever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become accountable for all of it. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but you, you don't but you do not have works? Can faith save you? If a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm, and eat your fill, and yet you do not supply their bodily needs, what is the good of that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. The word of the Lord.
Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus set out and went away to the region of Tyre. He entered a house and did not anyone want anyone to know he was there. Yet he could not escape notice. But a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit immediately heard about him, and she came and bowed down at his feet. Now, the woman was a Gentile of Syrophoenician origin. She begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. He said to her, Let the children be fed first, for it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. But she answered him, Sir, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, For saying that, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. So she went home, found the child lying on the bed and the demon gone. Then he returned from the region of Tyre and went away by way of Sidon toward the Sea of Galilee in the region of the Decapolis. They brought to him a deaf man who had an impediment in his speech, and they begged him to lay his hands on him. He took him aside in private, away from the crowd, and put his fingers into his ears, and he spat and touched his tongue. Then looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephsatha, that is, be opened. And immediately his ears were opened, his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. Then Jesus ordered them to tell no one, but the more he ordered them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. They were astounded beyond measure, saying, He has done everything well. He even makes the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. May the words of my lips and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, Lord Christ. Amen. So the story of a Syrophoenician woman. Jesus encounters a woman who needs him to help her daughter. He insults her, calls her a dog, actually. She challenges him. He heals her daughter, and then he travels to a place where he is brought to a man who is deaf, and he enables the man to hear. What are we to make of this story? I want to start by naming the things that we do not know. We don't know what Jesus' tone of voice was, nor the tone of the woman. We don't know if they were actually in conflict Or if he was messing around with the Jews and Gentiles that overheard this conversation, bringing them from the expected conflict to the unexpected resolution. We don't know if that's what he was up to. But man, has this story been driving Christians crazy for the last 2,000 years? Because we don't expect Jesus to be rude, and we don't like it when he is mean. So let's talk about what we do know, to whatever degree the writer of the Gospel of Mark knew things. We do know that up until now, Jesus' ministry seems to have been at least geographically contained within Jewish communities. We know that the region of Tyre, where he met this woman, 
was north of these Jewish communities outside of Israel, and that it was Jesus and not the Syrophoenician woman who found himself in a foreign land, we know that Jesus would have had to have chosen to walk about 25 miles beyond the border of Galilee to get to where this woman found him, hiding in a house in a land that was known for its violence against Jews. And we know that Jesus was a Jew and that this woman was not. We know that when she found him, there was likely some tension around this situation, maybe even fear. We also know that she had a desperate need, and somehow she knew that Jesus could meet it. We know by looking at a map, and I wish I had a really big 360-degree map to show this to you, we know that the Sea of Galilee, where Jesus headed next, was about 30 miles south of Tyre, and that after his encounter with the Syrophoenician woman, he traveled back to the Sea of Galilee by way of Sidon, which is another 25 miles northeast of Tyre, away from the Sea of Galilee, and that when he got back down to the Sea of Galilee, he went not to the Galilean side of the sea in the west, but rather to the more multicultural side of the sea in the east, to the Decapolis, the region of ten Roman city-states. The Gospel tells us that somewhere along that journey, a deaf man was brought to him. And he caused the deaf man to be able to hear. And he told the people not to tell anyone about these miracles, and they told people anyway, and people were really impressed. But what's really going on? What if Jesus was just doing his thing in the Jewish community, and then something moved Jesus to take a big risk, and walk out of familiar territory and into a foreign land. It may have been confusing and scary to be on this journey in foreign territory. He was surrounded by people who his society had taught him to label as other, as dangerous, as not like us. I bet the Syrophoenician woman knew how he would perceive her, and I think her response to his apparent indifference if not disdain, toward her, was brilliant. To turn his insult into a banter, to be called a dog, and then to say, yeah, but if the feast is as plentiful as you say, the food should be overflowing onto the floor and I should be feasting too. If what he taught was true, and she didn't have to be a Jew to benefit from the love brought to earth by a Jewish Messiah. And yes, the love was abundant enough. Jesus' manner with her shifted. Relationship happened. Her daughter was healed, and Jesus went on his way, perhaps with a different plan than he originally had. What I want to know is, did she change him? Did she change his heart toward the Gentiles? Did she change his concept of how big his mission really was? Did she change his travel itinerary, launching him on a journey that would take him even further away and then loop him back to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, where he could bring a radical expression of love to a much wider population? Was she the catalyst for the inclusion of all people.
Or would Jesus have gone there anyway? Maybe his next miracle, the opening of the deaf man's ears, is actually about building our capacity to listen to one another across borders and differences. I know that there are actually deaf people who might not want to be turned into hearing people on the whim of a traveling medicine man, but I don't know anyone who couldn't use a deeper ability to listen, which actually happens with our hearts, right? So is that what Jesus was up to in Sidon or somewhere along the way? We don't know. Not for sure. But I have a hunch that we have something to learn from the broadening of God's love and the opening of human ears toward one another in this gospel. And I like to think that the Syrophoenician woman played a pivotal role in helping Jesus to listen better and in moving Jesus's ministry to a wider population. Because I like that Syrophoenician woman and I like her spunk. Because it takes spunk to start a revolution. Beyond moving beyond our borders is revolutionary. Exiting our comfort zones, asking for help, approaching someone who's very different from us, revolutionary. Including all people in the love of God, even people whose words and actions anger us, that's revolutionary. Gathering in this place to be in community in an ever-dividing world, seeking peace rather than engaging the turmoil, coming to the baptismal font and the altar, believing in a table that is overflowing with abundance and presenting ourselves at that feast, intentionally listening to one another more deeply with our hearts. These are things of the revolution. And I thank God we gather in this place together to revolve and evolve into an even bigger expression of God's love in this world together. Amen. And now it's time to do a little bit of that. So I'd like to invite Christopher and his parents and godparents to come forward for Christopher's baptism. The candidate for holy baptism will now be presented. I present Christopher Jaden Woodward to receive the sacrament of baptism. Will you be responsible for seeing that Christopher is brought up in the Christian faith and life. I will, with God's help. Will you, by your prayer and witness, help this child to grow into the full stature of Christ? I will, with God's help. Do you renounce Satan and all the spiritual forces of wickedness that rebel against God? I renounce them. Do you renounce the evil powers of this world which corrupt and destroy the creatures of God? I renounce them. Do you renounce all sinful desires that draw you from the love of God? I renounce them. Do you turn to Jesus Christ and accept him as your Savior? I do. Will you put your whole trust in his grace and love? I do. And do you promise to follow and obey him as your Savior? I do.
Please stand. Will you, who witnessed these vows, do all in your power to support Christopher in his life in Christ? We will. Let us join with Christopher, who is committing himself to Christ, and renew our own baptismal covenant. Do you believe in God the Father? I believe, I believe in, in God, God the Father, Father Almighty, Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God? I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, Son our Lord, who was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Will you continue in the apostles' teaching and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in the prayers? I will with God's help. Will you persevere in resisting evil, and whenever you fall into sin, repent and return to the Lord? I will with God's help. Will you proclaim by word and example the good news of God in Christ? I will with God's help. Will you seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself? I will with God's help. Will you strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being? I will with God's help. Will you cherish the wondrous works of God and protect the beauty and integrity of all creation? I will with God's help. Let us now pray for this child who is to receive the sacrament of rebirth. Deliver him, O Lord, from the way of sin and death. Lord, hear our prayer. Open his heart to your grace and truth. Lord, hear our prayer. Fill him with your holy and life-giving spirit. Lord, hear our prayer. Keep him in the faith and communion of your holy church. Lord, hear our prayer. Teach him to love others in the power of the spirit. Lord, hear our prayer. Send him into the world in witness to your love. Lord, hear our prayer. Bring him to the fullness of your peace and glory. Lord, hear our prayer. Grant, O Lord, that all who are baptized into the death of Jesus Christ, your Son, may live in the power of his resurrection and look for him to come again in glory, who lives and reigns now and forever. Amen. Amen. I want to give you a moment of direction um, because we are still getting used to the font in the narthex. We are about to process to the back. Anyone who would like to may join us by going down the side aisles and coming into the narthex. We just ask a couple of things. One, that the family and any children who join us get to be very close to the font. Another, that nobody stands between the rest of the congregation. And the font, so that anyone who stays in their seats can see as well as possible. So, you all. Oh, here we go. <laughs> and any children, do come with us.
Children, if you are shorter than the font, you may stand between the font and the congregation. You can be as close as you'd like. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give God thanks and praise. We thank you, Almighty God, for the gift of water. Over it, the Holy Spirit moved in the beginning of creation. Through it, you led the children of Israel out of their bondage in Egypt into the land of promise. In it, your son Jesus received the baptism of John and was anointed by the Holy Spirit as the Messiah, the Christ, to lead us through his death and resurrection from the bondage of sin into everlasting life. We thank you, Father, for the water of baptism. In it, we are buried with Christ in his death. By it, we share in his resurrection. Through it, we are reborn by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, in joyful obedience to your Son, we bring into his fellowship those who come to him in faith, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And children, if you could help me by touching the water while we bless it. Thank you. Now sanctify this water, we pray you, by the power of your Holy Spirit, that those who here are cleansed from sin and born again may continue forever in the risen life of Jesus Christ, our Savior. To him, to you, and to the Holy Spirit, be all honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you. Christopher Jaden, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And Christopher Jaden, you are sealed by the Holy Spirit in baptism and marked as Christ's own forever. Amen. And Christopher. Receive the light of Christ. Amen. All right. We are going to move to the middle of the church so you all can see him better. His father will bring him. There we go. Christopher really likes the microphone. Dislodging the microphone from a baby's fist. All right. Thank you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that by water and the Holy Spirit, you have bestowed upon this your servant the forgiveness of sin and have raised him to the new life of grace. Sustain him, O Lord, in your Holy Spirit. Give him an inquiring and discerning heart, the courage to will and to persevere a spirit to know and to love you, and the gift of joy and wonder in all your works. Amen. Amen. Let us welcome the fully baptized. We receive you into the household of God. Confess the faith of Christ crucified. Proclaim his resurrection. And share with us in his eternal priesthood. And why don't you all walk up the aisle so everyone can see our newest Christian. <laughs> Thank you. 
My sisters and brothers in Christ, the peace of the Lord be always with you. And also with you. Good morning. Good morning. It's wonderful to be back this morning. I had a wonderful vacation. I, last Sunday I was serving at the Church of the Redeemer in Longport, New Jersey. And uh, Bishop Chip Stokes, who's the Bishop of New Jersey, was there for his annual visitation. So uh, he's the, the Bishop who ordained me. So we had a wonderful uh, moment of serving at the altar together. And it was really quite thrilling. But... I miss being here with you guys. It's not the same. So very happy to be back. And um, thank you. (laughs) Special thanks to uh, Becky and Robert and Carol and the rest of the staff for holding down the court. I know this is a busy time as we head right into the beginning of September. So a few announcements. I'm violating my own rule, but it's first big day, right? Um, Right after this service, we'll have milkshakes on the porch. For anybody who's interested in a milkshake, right after this service um, also is the planning meeting for the fair in the library, if you're interested in that. Um, I want to call your attention to this little insert that's in your um, service sheet. It lists a whole lot of things that are coming up, some of them this week. Uh, Particularly, I'm not sure we've written about this in the window, but we decided to have the church office closed on Mondays. If anybody has any questions about that, they can come and talk to either me or Becky. But the point of that was to try to get the staff um, to be in the office together more days. So the bulk of our work happens on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and we're all here on those days together. So hopefully that will will increase our efficiency um, and our community. The other thing about Wednesday, you have seen about the Wednesday office. It will begin this week. We'll be saying morning prayer, noonday prayer, and evening prayer in the chapel. Nine, noon, and four. Everyone is invited. Um, It's a bit of an experiment, but I'm very excited, as is the staff, about having our work day bounded by prayer. So if that's something that uh, is appealing to you, please try to join us for all or any of it. Um, Certainly in this time of listening, as Becky said so beautifully this morning, where we need to listen more deeply, um, those daily office services are very short, but they help us listen through the Psalter and through prayers that are familiar to many of us to help us listen for God's voice in a deeper way. So I invite you to join us for that. And then there's lots more on here, so please, please read it and please Please note, because we it's there's a lot of information coming at us all at the beginning of the year and we don't want you to miss any of it. 
If you're visiting with us, we're especially glad you're here. Please visit the welcome table um, at the back for more information. Also, please know that at this table, at God's table, there are no outcasts, no strangers, no unwanted guests. All are welcome to come and feast at the table of our Lord Jesus Christ. So please do come and be fed. Let us walk in love. One more thing. Oh, one more thing. It's the thing. Oh, the thing. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's the one time a year that we do this thing. Okay. So, and you haven't done this thing before because you came in October. Okay. So, children, bring your backpacks up. And while the children make their way up to have their backpacks blessed, backpacks blessed, anyone who doesn't know this, we bless backpacks at the beginning of the year. If you all can conjure up what your version of a backpack is for your work life or home life, you can hold that up for blessing, too. Um, we also bless crosses that this year were made by our youth group and our handcraft group to go in or clip onto backpacks. So we'll bless them. And we will bless the children as they begin a new program year in the various things that they do all week um, as they increasingly get older every year. So, are you. Children without backpacks may also come forward because you guys have the best imaginations, and I know you can imagine what your backpack <laughs> looks like. So, come on over, children of yeah. all ages. I hope we have all the youth up here because that would make me happy. Um, and are you ready to be blessed? Oh, after the blessing, just so you know, this will be in the back of the church with Mrs. Brady, so you can choose your favorite colors to have with your backpack. Are you ready? All right. Let us pray. God of wisdom, we give you thanks for schools and classrooms and for teachers and students who fill them every day. We thank you for this new beginning, for new books and new ideas. We thank you for sharpened pencils and pointy crayons and crisp blank pages waiting to be filled. We thank you for the gift of making mistakes and trying again. Help us to remember that asking the right questions is often as important as giving the right answers. Today, we give you thanks for these, your children, and we ask you to bless them with curiosity, understanding, and respect. May their backpacks be a sign to them that they have everything they need to learn and grow this year in school and in Sunday school. May they be guided by your love. All this we ask in the name of Jesus, who as a child in the temple showed his longing to learn about you, and as an adult taught by story and example your great love for us. Amen. Amen. All right. Bless you guys. Go learn some stuff. <laughs> All right. You can do that other part now. If you All right. You guys can go back. <laughs> Thank you, you guys. Let us walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself as an offering and sacrifice to God.
The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give God thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who on the first day of the week overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. Therefore we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. and gracious Father, in your infinite love you made us for yourself, and when we had fallen into sin and become subject to evil and death, you, in your mercy, sent Jesus Christ, your only and eternal Son, to share our human nature, to live and die as one of us, to reconcile us to you, the God and Father of all. He stretched out his arms upon the cross and offered himself in obedience to your will, a perfect sacrifice For the whole world. On the night he was handed over to suffering and death, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And when he had given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. We celebrate the memorial of our redemption, O Father, in this sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Recalling his death, resurrection, and ascension, we offer you these gifts. Sanctify them by your Holy Spirit to be for your people the body and blood of your Son, the holy food and drink of new and unending life in him. Sanctify us also that we may faithfully receive this holy sacrament and serve you in unity, constancy, and peace. And at the last day, bring us with all your saints into the joy of your eternal kingdom. All this we ask through your Son, Jesus Christ, by him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit. All honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Alleluia, Christ, our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the peace. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
Let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of this congregation, I send you forth bearing these holy gifts, that those to whom you go may share with us in the communion of Christ's body and blood. As we go forth, the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen.
Let us go forth in the name of Christ. Alleluia, alleluia.